What's good, everyone? This is Pete D. Camarillo with Full Press Coverage, Raiders writer, Chargers and Rams contributor, also the host of the Touchdowns and Tangents podcast. Today, January 20th, 2018, I had the privilege of covering the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl out at the Rose Bowl. It was a beautiful day in Pasadena. It was a little bit windy, but... That really can't take away from the atmosphere of what is obviously one of the most historic venues in the world. I mean, you're talking about Vince Young's play. You're talking about the badasses winning a Super Bowl and hoisting John Madden on their shoulders. You're talking about me and him, UCLA games. There's all types of things that have gone down at the Rose Bowl. So just getting the opportunity to go out there and cover the game was really a great privilege. On top of that, I really just enjoy this game because it gives players an opportunity to really keep living their dreams and feed their families. At the end of the day, that is what we are all trying to do. Now, I think it's really important to remember that even though this game kind of gets a rep for, you know, being the, th- the the third tier kind of bowl game. A lot of these players do end up on rosters. They do get tryouts. And if not, they're ending up in the CFL and other leagues. It's really just a matter of guys who are really passionate about football. Guys who have been productive at FBS, FCS, at HBC, at all sorts of levels are really there to compete, to showcase their talent. And I think one thing the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl, what they really pride themselves in is teaching these players how to become professionals. As Mike Mart said in the post game conference, press conference, there's really a big gap between the collegiate game and the NFL game. And it's not just speed. It's not just the rules. It's really just becoming a professional you know, people in your ear, managing your money, managing your time. So they've really kind of set up an atmosphere that helps players kind of put it all together. Now, part of that is having NFL level coaching, including Mike Martz and a bunch of his former players and coaches, as well as a group of aspiring coaches who are former NFL players. So it's not just the players who are on the field trying to earn a living, trying to get better, trying to prove themselves, but it's also the same kind of platform for the coaches. Additionally, I mean, when you have Daryl Green as one of the head coaches, I'm sure there's opportunities for mentorship. There's opportunities to really pay it forward, not just with your knowledge of the game, but with your knowledge of the entire professional element of football. So I just really wanted to kind of share a little bit about the NFL PA game before I kind of jump into exactly who stood out to me and kind of what I took away from the game. Now, for those of you who've never been to the Rose Bowl, it's surrounded by a huge golf course where a lot of um, shenanigans happen on Saturdays when UCLA games are held there. So I really know it for that. I hadn't been there in about a year. So when I walked in there, 
I was really surprised to see how the pavilion was kind of rebuilt and expanded. Now there's huge suites. Um, it's all completely redone. The press box is beautiful. It's huge. There's all kinds of different things going on. So I'm really excited to just go to the game as a fan in the future. As for the players, I'm sure it, it was a similar effect. Being in a huge stadium that's bigger than a lot of NFL stadiums with that sort of history, like like that has to get you fired up. Even though there's only about 5,000 people in attendance, with most of them being scouts and family, it's still a great atmosphere because it's real football. It's real football players. It's real football fans. It's a passionate atmosphere. And last year, I covered it as well. It was at the StubHub Center. See, the StubHub Center is a lot smaller of a venue. It's also in the South Bay, which is about 30 miles from Pasadena. So it's a much different atmosphere than the Rose Bowl. I kind of stumbled across the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl a couple of years ago. So when I covered it last year for the first time, I didn't really know what to expect. And with the Chargers coming there, there was a lot of media just kind of trying to see the visual of what an NFL game would be like. This year was much different because it was the first time that the game was held in Pasadena. Uh, for the first, I think, six or seven years, it was held in Carson. So really, the people covering it. We're coming at it more from an angle of the event itself, the atmosphere, and really just a college all-star game happening there and trying to support its players and get them out. That's totally fine, but for me, I, I'm a draft guy. I've always been a draft guy. I've been a draft guy since I was, you know, 10 years old. I followed the draft. So for me, it's... It was really about seeing who's playing in this game, seeing who's draftable, seeing who's not draftable. This year, I did way more homework before the game. You can catch a lot of the work that I did on full press coverage. And I really just wanted to see the draftable players perform. I wanted to see anybody that I missed. And I really just want to help these players kind of get more exposure, get their name out there, maybe get a second look from a scout, an executive, or if they can even just gain a fan that might follow them if they do land on a team or if they end up on a practice squad or a CFL roster, at least they have another fan to their fan base. And even those who might not make it, you know, hey, you got a nice clipping, hey, maybe you can leverage that fan or follower into whatever other venture or business you go into. So my angle of it was always the draft. Hey, who's draftable? Who's not? And not so much, hey, this event is happening because, yeah, it's a cool event. It's a cool atmosphere. And it's a unique thing. It's being built up. It's growing. And it's really giving players an opportunity especially those day two, day three, undrafted free agents, to get another look. 
And I really don't want to overlook that fact for the fact that the game happened in beautiful Pasadena. So in addition to that, it was really just a matter of seeing, hey, what should I know about these guys' games? What do they want to get out about their games? And what should you know about their games? Now, granted, I missed a lot of stuff. I missed a lot of opportunities to really talk to players because I opted to really stay in the press box and really just kind of work. For those of you who are journalists, you know that, hey, you can get out there and kind of talk to people. But you also kind of got to get articles done. So it's really a heavy balance, something that I'm trying to manage, trying to learn. So, you know, it's an opportunity for me to get better, too. Um, other than that, I hope since I gave you full disclosure of really what minds mindset was and what I brought to the table as far as attending the game, as far as covering the game. Now I can really give you an adequate picture of what I took away. It's not so much the outcome and there's going to be a lot of outlets that kind of give you that sort of outcome game recap. Hey, this happened where a bunch of prospects were out here training for a week and a bunch of coaches were out there and that's cool and all. But like I said, for me, it's all about the draft. It's all about getting these guys brands and names out and really just learning more about them. That's really what this whole NFL PA collegiate bowl and what the rest of the games are about. It's really just the beginning of the process. It's giving guys an opportunity to showcase themselves one last time and really generate momentum as they head towards the combine as they head towards their pro days. This is really just kind of the transition between the foundation they built in college to what they're now going to be doing during interviews, during the rest of the process. With that said, on the American team, um, you got to start with Martez Carter. Uh, he was really the story of the week. Every, the whole, Pretty much the whole press... The whole post-game press conference really revolved around Martez. Even just listening to what people were saying in the press box, everyone who everyone who was there throughout the week was impressed with him. He finished the game with 69 total yards. He had 24 receiving and 45 rushing. Finished with a 4.5 average. Yes, that means he got 10 carries. As far as receiving on the American team, Adonis Jennings was really the only player who really stood out. He made one particular reception on the sideline right in between the safety and the corner. He stayed in bounds and he took a hit and still kept the ball in two hands. He's a big receiver. He can probably climb up some boards, especially after that game. Uh, it. It's really just going to be a matter of what he looks like as a physical performer. And then there wasn't, overall, there wasn't a lot of kicking in this game. There was pretty much just two punters, and they were adequate, I guess you could say. So there wasn't a lot of opportunities for kick returns. 
one guy who did get to return was Damari Coleman, and it was a field goal. And it was only 11 yards net, but it was out of the end zone. And he kind of showcased some of his speed. I think he also got a tackle, so shout out to him. He's a guy who could potentially climb up the board. He had three pick sixes in his career. On defense, Aaron Tiller. I got to shout him out because he gave me a retweet. Um, He actually had a great play where he lined up as a three technique, did a great spin move, annihilated the guard, and then annihilated the, the quarterback. He's a guy I previewed. He should rise up draft boards. Um, Jaleel Wadud and Rico Gafford, I heard their names a few times. Uh, defensive backs were big in this game. They both had three tackles. I know Gafford had a penalty that kind of hurt him. I remember him for that. But, yeah, Siena, Siona Tehuma, I hope I'm saying it right, um, I was expecting a little bit more from him. He didn't get a lot of run, and when he did, he did make a nice pass breakup. But he's one of the more draftable guys, so I'm not really sure why he didn't get a lot of PT. Um, On the other side, Abdullah Anderson. I'm not going to say I overlooked him because I researched him, but there was just a lot of defensive talent throughout both rosters. Couldn't include everyone, but he really balled out. He had a forced fumble, two tackles for loss, and two sacks. So he really kind of balled out. Um, the other guy, Are Aruna, the Nigerian-born player from Tulane. Uh, I was expecting a little bit more because of his long, lengthy frame. He's gotten a lot of hype. He was a disruptive player. But I really expected more from Aruna because he is one of the more draftable players on either roster. I wanted to see him dominate, and I don't know if he necessarily did that. He did get hurt in the first quarter, so just to put that into full context. The dude who did jump out at me is Frank Hearn from LSU. He had two fumble recoveries and a forced fumble. One of them was to the house. Anytime a big boy goes to the house, I got to shout him out. The whole entire roster went wild when that happened. Um, and really, I think he should have been in consideration for MVP of the entire game. But that's just me. I think if you're a team that needs a three technique or a five technique, Hearn is definitely a guy you want to look at. He was very stout at LSU, even though he wasn't necessarily dominant. It'll really come down to how he tests out. On offense for the national team, the biggest playmaker was probably Anthony Fillion. He had two catches for 42 yards, and he's a running back. Um, they were both actually really good catches, too. One of them was across the middle. One of them was to the outside. Showed some good route running. Showed some good hands. He's a dual threat running back. He did have three carries for 12 yards. Best run of the day was uh, towards the end of the game. It was an outside run where he took it to the house. I think if you're a team that needs a dual running back, he's definitely someone that you want to look at again. And, of course, I have to mention Troy Apke from Penn State. 
he's a guy who kind of slipped under my radar. Um, but he really made one of the biggest players of the game. Corn from the American team in Michigan was rolling right. The pass protection broke down, so he reversed the turf, went left. He tried to make a deep throw to put his team in scoring position and really kind of get his team back in the game. He threw across his body, and as we know, that doesn't usually turn out right. Apke saw it. He read it. He went across the field and made a jumping, diving catch, got up, and took it 56 yards. It was really the play of the game, although I should say it came before Heron's um, touchdown. So just to give you full disclosure there. Yes, I think Heron should have been considered for MVP, but hey, I'm biased towards the big guys. In the postgame, Apke, who did end up winning MVP, he pretty much said that he feels comfortable in space. He feels like he can play in the box. He feels like he can play in different zone coverages. But what he did learn from this week is that he needs to work on his one-on-one game. Uh, Seemed like a humble guy, was real honest with himself, so... That's good. Hopefully, he can use this and really build on it, really work on his game. And who knows? Maybe a scout will give him another look. I know he only played one year at Penn State, so that might hurt him. But he is in Fort Lauderdale training, so he's someone I'll definitely keep an eye on moving forward. And really, that's about it for me. I'm P.D. Camarillo. I really enjoyed the NFLPA Collegiate Game. Hope you got to catch it on FS1. If you didn't, you can catch my articles on full press coverage. I wrote a bunch of pre-stuff, and I'm going to write a bunch of post-stuff. You can also catch me weekly on the Touchdowns and Tangents podcast, TDs underscore Tangents on Twitter and Instagram. We're on Apple, iHeart, all the above. I do it with my friend um, at Ozograni. Ozograni, sorry, Kenny. So you can catch us there Thursdays, 8-ish. You can catch my NBA columns on Clutch Points. And you can catch my free rights, life, whatever, on Medium. So thanks for listening. Keep grinding. Keep working. And, man, don't give up. If anything that I learned today, it's that you got to trust the process. And this is just the start. Start for me, the start for the prospects at the NFL PA game. Peace.